We celebrate Australia's hottest entrepreneurs, the game changers. But among all their success, we often forget that the one thing they all have in common is failure. This is the audacity to fail. This podcast is brought to you by Startup Smart, Australia's leading startup news and opinion site. I'm Danushi, and in this episode, we're joined by Brett Adam, the Managing Director and VP of Engineering at Zendesk Australia and New Zealand, who's also an innovation expert for the Victorian government. Now, Adam has enjoyed quite a colourful career in startups and tech companies, launching his first venture back in 1989 before moving to Silicon Valley, riding the dot com boom and its eventual crash. So failure, in all its shapes and sizes, has been a huge part of Adam's journey. In 2006, Adam joined a North Carolina tech startup as the head of engineering. The startup was founded by the original engineering team of Red Hat. About three years in, the market wasn't buying it. They were too far ahead of the market and frankly, the solution was technically too sophisticated. So one of their biggest challenges was how to expand their addressable market. Their existing market of Linux customers was too small, and there appeared to be a much bigger market opportunity with Windows. But every time the product manager brought this up to the CEO and co-founder, he would simply say, over my dead body. There was a board meeting in San Francisco where literally this topic was put on the table in the board meeting that I was in, and the product manager said, we absolutely have to go after the Windows market. The CEO repeated his line of over my dead body, at which point the product manager leans across the board table and goes to strangle the CEO in front of the investors. Two weeks later, the product manager was fired, and shortly after, so was the CEO. Clearly the board saw that this is not a functional team. Not surprisingly, after the transition, as head of engineering, my first task was figure out how to go after the Windows market. So we went after the Windows market. Unfortunately, it was a bit too little and too late. This was a classic case of what Adam coins founder syndrome. Which is an unwillingness to let go of your original vision and accept that the world is not as you thought, things have changed, you need to kind of take a big step back. And founders often struggle with that. The whole experience gave Adam a crucial lesson about working with startups and speaking up. The board were challenging us. We should have been willing to look objectively at the data. I should have been willing to call out my team members on founder syndrome, which the CEO was effectively a co-founder of the company, and said, guys, it's not working. Before we end up strangling each other in front of the investors, we need to really have this conversation and it needs to be based around the data that we have, not the emotion. And I think in hindsight, I felt that it really wasn't my position to challenge the founders. Now, they were very strong, very opinionated, you know, all the classic entrepreneurial sort of characteristics. And I felt like I didn't have the right. The truth of the matter is, you're a company, you're on the executive team, you have investors, the founders are players in the game. Now, one of Adam's most painful failures hit him quite early in his journey. 2000 was a pretty rough year. I actually ended up with sort of a recurring nightmare where I, let's just say the the CEO of this company that turned around and sued me, who from my point of view was actually a criminal, given what he was doing to his investors in Europe. I had a recurring nightmare where I dragged his uh, bleeding corpse through the halls of his uh, <clears throat> residence. Let's backtrack a little. It was 1996. Adam and his co-founders had built a software company here in Melbourne. But our products, which were enterprise technologies, were really only applicable to customers in the US market. So all of our business was coming from the United States. And in early 96, I said to my two co-founders, guys, we're not going to make any real money unless one of us moves to the United States. And they both looked at me and said, good idea. 
and I left two weeks later. As a homegrown organic Aussie tech company, completely bootstrapped, Adam quickly realised that in the heart of the valley, people did things a little differently. There's money being thrown left, right and centre and the dot-com craziness is taking off. I should have totally changed the way I looked at the opportunity and said, we are now in the most amazing funding environment where people are getting money for silly things. We were not a silly thing. We weren't a super exciting, hot thing, but we were real. We were real customers, real technology. We solved a real problem, but I didn't. I stuck to my previous model, which was, no, 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 we're going to keep bootstrapping this. We've figured out how to make this work. And we stuck to basically the organic slow growth model. When the company hit a pivotal moment, Adam and his team missed out big by failing to seize the investment opportunities around them and play by the new and exciting, albeit crazy, rules of the valley. One of my co-founders had a bit of a crisis of conscience in late 99 and said, wow, I'm kind of realizing that enterprise software doesn't help humanity. I'd really like to do something that had socially redeeming value. and." I kind of need to get out of this. Instead of saying, well, okay, this is a perfect time to talk about bringing investors in to recapitalize the company and change the equation, we sort of all went, well, I guess we have to sell the business. The decision would lead Adam and his team down a dark and painful road, and only in hindsight would he realize it was the wrong move. We ultimately entered into an understanding with a European startup who was very successfully raising funding. The thing I wasn't willing to do, if you will, they were doing hand over fist, raising ridiculous amounts of money in a venture round. It turned out they were actually defrauding their investors. It was a Ponzi scheme. And by the time we finally found the truth and pulled out of the deal, I, as CEO, had spent too much time on the acquisition pathway, had neglected the core business. That put us in a very vulnerable position. They turned around and actually sued us under a concept called promissory estoppel, which meant we promised to merge even though the letter was very clear. We pulled out, we thought, under completely clean conditions. They took us to arbitration. They ultimately sued us. It tied up our stock for nine months. I was very fortunate that we found another acquisition party and we actually managed to sell the company in November of 2000. Because we got so engaged in the acquisition process, which in hindsight is far more expensive than an investment round, um, we pretty much blew it. What helped him get through this incredibly difficult chapter and navigate through that tough lawsuit was the support of a trusted friend who was also his general counsel and more importantly, his co-founders. By the time this all went down in 2000, we'd been working together for, what, 11 or 12 years. We were a very tight-knit founding team. We tackled lots of challenges. We'd learned a ton along the way together. When I say I had the support of the co-founders, we were really in it together. If there's one thing you can take away from Adam's amazing journey through startup land, it's this. Founders can often be perfectionists. They have this vision and it's a wonderful vision and they want it to be just perfect. That's a good thing because you want to change the world. That's fantastic but accept that the world is a messy place and execution against your vision will be a messy process and it won't end up looking like what you thought. So be a visionary and embrace the chaos that comes with it with your eyes, ears and heart always open. Thanks for joining us, Brett Adam, and thank you for listening in. This is The Audacity to Fail, brought to you by Startup Smart. I'm Janushi. We'll see you next Thursday at 6 p.m.